Well, good evening to you. It's a privilege to welcome you in the middle of the week to come together and uh, hear God's Word and to pray together. I want to look at, uh, do a couple of things tonight. First of all, turn to uh, Galatians 5. And also, you're going to be picking out one of your favorite psalms tonight, a psalm of praise. And just a verse uh, we're going to read and just share um, what you're thankful for, very briefly. You might just m mention one or two things. You won't better mention it all. <laughs> Even in your lifetime, you can't do that. But uh, pick out one thing. So you're going to pick a psalm, and you're going to um, mention one or two things that you are thankful for. <clears throat> All right, Galatians 5, verse 13 says, For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. We have the responsibility to serve one another and to do that in love. And so um, I'm encouraged by that. You have served me in love as I uh, reflect on, on God's goodness and how um, you have prayed for a wife and you continue to pray for her. She's not here tonight, but she's doing well. She's at home continuing to recover. Um, I had to hold her back from coming, but uh, it, it, was, it, was, it was best for her to, to be at home and to, to just hold off just a little bit longer. Um, but um, as I reflect on your love that's been shown and God's love that's been shown through you, um, it's just with joy. To, to, to come before you and to, to think about that. Um, last year, around this time, is when her, her illness or her cancer first became known, or we were, we were seeing, uh, she was having difficulty and we had to go to the hospital because of that, end up staying for 10 days and having major surgery during that time. And uh, last year, for Thanksgiving, I spent Thanksgiving in the hospital because that's where she was. And uh, I know uh, some of our family sent me a meal, and that, that was great to, 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 to think, and to, they uh, saw a video of them just rejoicing the Lord at the, at the, at the table. And I wish I was, could have been there. I wish Donna could have been there, but that wasn't the case last year. But we're thankful that he's brought us through that and uh, enabling us to, to be home uh, this year and to just be doing well. So I'm just thankful to the Lord. Um, now, I'm going to ask you to pick out a, a psalm, and just as an example, Psalm 136 is just full of praise. It says this, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. And it repeats that, that same uh, verse as it goes through. Um, so, um, there's so much to be thankful for his steadfast love endures forever. We go through ups and downs in this life, but we can count on and trust in God's steadfastness and his love that is shown. Pick a psalm and just share uh, one or two things that you are thankful for. This again next week um, as we just reflect on Thanksgiving. So who's going to be first tonight? I am continually with you. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel, and afterward you will receive me to glory. 
whom have I in heaven but you? And there is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Amen. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. verse 5. For the Lord is good, his steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. Psalm 16, uh, starting at verse 7. I will bless the Lord who gives me counsel. In the night also my heart instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be shaken. Therefore my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure. For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol or let your Holy One see corruption. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Amen. Amen. Thank you for sharing that, both of you. Who's next? Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from trouble. Hearing that. Twenty-third Psalm, Psalm twenty-third. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Thanks for sharing that. 54, 4. Amen. Thanks for sharing that. Psalms 40, 40, verse 1 and 2. Let's just review those psalms that we had. We heard from Psalm 73. heard from Psalms 107. We heard from Psalm 100. We heard from Psalm 23. We heard from Psalm 16, Psalm 54, and Psalm 40. Is that right? Amen. So just reflect on those, uh, on, on the psalmist just, just bursting out in praise for what God has done. There is so much to, to reflect. And um, it's, it's not just the, um, the temporal things of this life, even though we're thankful for those. But they just remind us of his faithfulness in what we need most, and that's his eternal presence, to, to, to live forever with him. We look forward to that. We, no one, nothing, no circumstance can take that away from us. So therefore, nobody can take our joy away. Let's practice thanksgiving. Let's practice giving thanks 
um, to the Lord. So I just wanted you to do that exercise of looking at a psalm, and then you can hear some of the other psalms, and you know you, you can turn to psalms almost anywhere and see the psalmist praising God. Now, he may start out by saying, I was in trouble, but I, then he gets to a point, I cried to the Lord, and then the Lord delivered me. And so praise God for his word and for his deliverance that's shown to us in his word. Good evening, saints. For our meditation, we're just going to continue through the Gospel of John. When we meditate, I've just been, we got to remember some of the things that we've covered. And one of the things is, when you look at God's word, the big view is the best view. And what do I mean by that is, that oftentimes, when we look at God's word, we can get stuck on a verse, or stuck. And what happens is, and this happens a lot, is that we don't see God's word as a whole. Right? So, what will happen is, a book is a thought and when you understand the book from the beginning to end what it's trying to push what it is saying then the parts start to make sense so we're not oftentimes people approach the bible like the parable of the blind man with the elephant anybody heard the parable of the blind man with the elephant where the eight blind men were around an elephant and they all felt different parts of the elephant, and they described different things. Anybody ever heard that one? It's a little kid's story. What happens is all these blind men go up to an elephant, and people ask them, what is it? And one person is near the legs, and he feels the legs, and he said, it's a tree. And one person is at the tail, and he feels a little hair at the end of the tail, and he says, it's a rope. And somebody else feels a trunk, and he says, it's a snake. And so everybody feels different parts, and they come to different conclusions, because they don't see the whole. Well, that happens a lot with Christianity. People will look in the Bible, and they'll take their favorite verse. And what they'll do is, they will turn an elephant into a rope. <laughs> and what you'll get is, you'll get a passage like, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And that will become an athletic statement. People will literally say that before they go out and try to win a Super Bowl. I can do all things, right? But if you look at the context of that passage, what happens is people have made a rope out of the elephant. The rope makes people think, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So what's the alternative is, if I didn't do what I wanted to accomplish, I didn't do it through Christ. If I'm losing, I'm not in Christ. But what does the whole passage talk about? It talks about Paul being content in the Lord even when he's in loss and even when he's in success. So we have a passage that when you turn it into a rope, you only have encouragement when you're winning. And when you're losing, you're lost. But when you take that passage in its context, it's encouraging no matter when you read it. And so... 
I always say the big view is the best view because when we look at scripture, we're going to get into John again. We have to understand that John is about believing. John is about understanding the spiritual nature of who Christ is. And when you keep in mind what the whole book is about, you don't get lost and make a rope out of elephant. So let's get into John 8. And it says there, starting at verse, we'll start at verse 43. Why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. You are of your father the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Which one of you convicts me of sin? If I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? Whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. The Jews answered him, Are we not right in saying that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? Jesus answered, I do not have a demon, but I honor my father and you dishonor me. Yet I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks it and he is the judge. Truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. The Jews said to him, Now we know you have a demon. Abraham died, as did the prophets. Yet you say, if anyone keeps my word, he will never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham who died and the prophets who died? Who do you make yourself out to be? Jesus answered, if I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my father who glorifies me, of whom you say he is our God. But you have not known him. I know him. If I were to say I do not know him, I will be a liar like you. But I do know him, and I keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day, and he saw it and was glad. So the Jews said to him, You are not yet fifty years old, and have you seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. So they picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. And when you meditate on God's word like this, we know that Jesus is in the middle of a debate. And we covered through 47 last week, but I wanted to read it for the context. But the Jews start off, and this happens a lot when you get in discussions with people. You know, in debating terms, they call it an ad hominem attack, but what it means is you insult when you don't got an argument. They say, you are a Samaritan and have a demon. Now, what does Samaritan got to do with anything? That's just an insult, a racial insult, to claim that he was like people that they all didn't like, Samaritans. Right? If you go through the history of Israel, you'll know the Samaritans were what was in the books of First and Second Kings called Israel. And the Jews were of Judah. And northern Israel did not obey the Lord. They never had a good king, and they always worshipped idols. Southern kingdom had the temple, and they did have some good kings. But despite the pride that these Jews show here, they also were wicked and were judged and thrown into captivity as well. 
But when they all returned back from captivity, the Samaritans kept doing what the Samaritans did before, which was worship the Lord through idols. And the Jews tried to reclaim their lost religion by rebuilding the temple and claiming that they were the true religion. And they were to some extent. But what had happened was when they established their religion, they started to think that their understanding of how things should be and their nation was the most important. And if you look at the Pharisees really closely, you'll start to see that they cared a lot more about politics than God. And they cared more a lot of more about show than heart. And in many ways, they reflect what religion looks like when you care about the show and you don't care about whether the heart has changed. That's the Pharisee. Pharisee represents the hooping and hollering at church, but going out clubbing on Friday and Saturday. The Pharisee represents giving a whole bunch of money, but got a woman on the side. The Pharisee represents I'm the choir director and I'm gay. The Pharisee represents the person who presents a public picture of good, but secretly despises anybody that would challenge them because they care about power more than the things of God. So Jesus will always challenge them. And I believe that when Jesus returns, he's going to challenge churches too. Because Peter said this, judgment begins at the house of God. And if it's going to be with us, what's the end of the ungodly going to be? There is going to need to be some straightening of our religion. They said this, now we know you have a demon because Abraham died. But in that thought that Abraham died, they forgot that we believe in eternal life. They forgot that when somebody dies, where do they go? They go to be with God if they served God. And if you go to be with God and you serve God, who knows you there? God does. When we talk about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, we're not thinking about them in their graves. We're thinking about them standing next to Jesus in heaven. And that's a big difference. When I think about the God of my grandpa, Hope, I don't think about where he was buried. I think about him being young again, running through heaven. Praising God, right? It's not a God of the dead. It's a God of the living. When I think about Beverly, I don't think about, I think about her throwing her cane. <laughs> Remember when she used to do that, right? She would throw her cane. I think about her dancing with a young body that doesn't need a cane anymore. That's the God of Beverly. Not the gravesite. So when we talk about our God, we talk about a God who is a resurrector. Now, what is Satan? God, Satan is a God of the dead. Because everything that you do that serves Satan, it just kills you faster. So they say, are you greater than Abraham? Yes. 
Are you greater than the prophets? Yes. Jesus said, before they were, I am. What does that mean? That means he's God. We talk about the ministry of Jesus. It's important for us to remember that he was there in the creation. It says, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. Nothing was made without the word. It was Jesus who was active in the creation. God the Father ordered, the Son created, and the Spirit preserved. Oh, it's so true. It's so true when you see the Son acting throughout the Old Testament. If you don't see the Son acting throughout the Old Testament, I'll show you. But Jesus is not just appearing in the New Testament. Like we got a New Testament God, that's Jesus, and we got an Old Testament God, that's Jehovah. No. We see Jesus active throughout. And even now, people act like, well, Jesus' time period is over. No. Revelations 2 and 3 proves that is false. Jesus is presiding over his church now. And he's writing letters through the Spirit, telling us about our daily activities now. So when he says, I am, that's not just peasant. That's not just past. That's also future. That's also now. Do you believe what he said when he said, when two or three are gathered together, what? I am in the midst. That's part of I am too. I am is here. That's why when we come to service, we got to take it so seriously because God is with us. So let's remember that as we go throughout the rest of our week. Good evening, everybody. I want to continue with our theme of just prayers of thanks for this month. And what I want to focus on today is I want to just do some prayers of thanks for the Word, so the Bible, and the Holy Spirit. Two things that God has given us to guide us. Um, so what we could do is, Jamar, can you pray for the Holy Spirit, however you feel led to pray? And Greg, can you pray for Scripture, however you've, you're led to, to felt to led to pray for that? And then I'll close this up. Dear Lord, thank you for allowing us to come together tonight just to have this time just um, meet together and just uh, go through your word. And just thank you for sending your Holy Spirit just to work with us, Lord, to be in us and to just guide us and direct us, Lord, throughout our lives when we are on our own. Lord, you're an awesome God, creator of life, a healer, a restorer. Just thank you for your words. Lord, we just want to continue in prayer. We just want to thank you so much for these two provisions you've given us, for the scripture and the Holy Spirit, Lord. We thank you for the scriptures. You've just given us a guide, given you, us your word to continue to point to you, point us to uh, a relationship with you and how we should live and how um, you've us the blueprints for a relationship with you and how we can use it to teach us and learn and um, how we thank you for that. We thank you for giving us something that we can use as a guide, Lord. We also thank you also for giving us um, the Holy Spirit, giving each one of your people um, um, a, a part of you to be with us always, to continue to guide us, to give us something that can show us as we read the scripture you gave us, to show us what you want us to, to learn from it, individually to show us 
um, how that scripture can apply to us specifically, Lord. Um, whatever it may be that we're reading at the time, how you can show us when the pastor's speaking, and you can speak to all of us in different ways, Lord, but he gives us that wisdom, and we just thank you for giving the tools to um, continue to serve you and continue to seek out a relationship with you. In your name we pray. Amen.